Hello and welcome back to my podcast. This episode is going to be kind of casual and less structured because it's just some thoughts that I've been having and I wanted to articulate them before I forget them because as someone with ADHD, I cannot remember anything unless I write it down in entirety or talk it out and talking takes less time than typing the whole thing out so that I don't forget it when I decide to do my next podcast. So anyways, I wanted to just get her done and kind of talk about this because I think it's an important topic. So anyways, welcome back to my podcast, Making Milestones. My name is Shelby, and I train horses in British Columbia, Canada, and these are my thoughts on some things. So anyways, yeah, let's get with it. So anyways, today's topic, I just wanted to talk about realism in horse training and how being too extreme on either side of the spectrum in terms of horse training, one side would be obviously extremely harsh punishing methods and then the other side would be the more rewards-based methods, but taking a hard line in terms of what you view to be correct and not having any leniency, it's one of the biggest downfalls that people have in terms of spreading information. Um, and encouraging people to be open-minded to other types of training and with that said I do think that there's a line like there's certain things that I'm willing to take a very hard line with like turning your horses out because there's very very few exceptions to the rule it's very researched and it's something that is just basic care for the animal in question which is horses Um, whereas with training there's a lot of nuances to training and like you can apply certain methods that people may not necessarily agree with in theory but do them in a way that's more respectable than the typical use of it which is something to consider and then also the other thing to consider is that for some people they may not agree with a method or a type of equipment that people use but they can respect the correct use of it they just don't necessarily endorse that particular method because it's so widely misused and I think that for the most part that's where people are coming from when they take hard lines but the way that a lot of people choose to voice their training opinions is damaging in terms of trying to get people to open their minds and not feel as attacked and obviously like I pretty bluntly put a lot of my training opinions but with that said like even when I'm saying them I don't think you're like the antichrist if you don't like follow exactly what I do and what I want to do with my horses Um, it's just an opinion on what I think is the least likely to be poorly applied and what is the least likely to cause horses immense stress and whatnot but taking like super extreme stances like we saw with when the positive reinforcement movement got super like popularized on social media a lot of the accounts that got the most attention for it were the ones that were super extreme to the point of saying like if you ever use negative reinforcement you're terrible or if you ever use punishment ever there's no circumstance on the entire face of this planet where it's ever acceptable to use positive punishment ever and they took really hard lines like that trying to vilify people for using certain methods and essentially it was just a massive guilt trip is what I read into it of people saying like if you don't use positive reinforcement you're not being ethical to your horse was the stance that they took and taking a hard line like that alienates people and if they would consider to start looking at more positive methods 
to add into their training when they see people talking like that they're a lot less likely to want to try because basically what they're being told is that if they don't convert 100% they're useless and they're being unfair to their horses and you also see this on the other side with the people that love to use negative reinforcement and punishing methods and use them a lot and use them more harshly than even what people in the middle of like the traditional types of training would we're talking like the people that are like showboating like being really manly and aggressive to their horses that type like the extreme end of negative reinforcement and positive punishment they're the types of people that would look at the positive reinforcement movement and be like oh like they just feed their horses treats for being bad your horses all have bad manners you're bribing your horses why would you feed them treats when they're misbehaving and they take things out of context that way to try to discredit positive reinforcement and say that it's stupid despite all of the research behind showing that it can be a good method so there's extremes on both sides and either side kind of damages the ability for conversation if they go too extreme and I think that's one of the largest downfalls in the horse world and it's one of the biggest problems that we have in terms of disabling correct conversation and it happens so frequently where people take these extreme stances where they'll say like this is my opinion on training and if you do something different than this you're an abuser it makes people think that everyone discussing training is thinking that way so I found it even when I just say like oh like punishment has been found in studies to not be very accurate and it doesn't give animals a whole lot of information and then people feel the need to justify like oh my horse was gonna murder me with a knife and I fended him off by punishing him that one time but I don't usually do it is that okay and they want like they want to be reassured or they get mad at you for what you say and be like I'm not an abuser and they go over the top to try to justify the fact that they're not abusing their horse and I think that this is a defensive response or a guilty response because of the extreme nature of how people choose to put out certain training methodologies if that makes sense like I get rambly on these things I know but um yeah like the the extremity is extremity a word extremity extremity that's this extremity reminds me of like an arm my extremities anyways um the extreme nature that people choose to voice these opinions is what quiets the ability for like actual discourse and it also like the truth somewhere falls in the middle because I don't think it's necessarily possible to only use one aspect of training which would be like either only using negative reinforcement or only using positive reinforcement ever never having any other aspect from operant conditioning come into your training ever I don't think it's possible to never ever have that happen even if by mistake and I also don't think that it's an indicator that someone's unfair to their horse if they choose to subscribe to similar schools of thought in other areas like I don't think you should have to be all or nothing complete purist to be relevant in a certain group of training you shouldn't have to be purely traditional for people to take you seriously if they train traditionally and you shouldn't have to be purely positive for people to have respect with how you train your horses at the end of the day it should be about watching how people's horses respond to them and watching their behaviors and seeing like what their actual philosophies behind training are because it's pretty clear like the types of people that are the most dangerous in terms of abusing their horses they're usually the ones that will like anthropomorphize their horse's behaviors which means like making them out to be human like so oh my horse is being a bitch they're doing this to get me and they need to be punished people that view things like that and look at horses as being out to get them being bad needing to get knocked have sense knocked into them and stuff like that they're the most dangerous in terms of actually causing 
mental or physical damage to their horses because they're most likely to call certain behaviors bad and discipline accordingly. And on the flip side, for positive reinforcement, people who think that they can only do that if they use anything else, it's bad. And if they're taught to think that by people who maybe have more experience on how to correctly apply positive reinforcement, but they themselves don't, they're in danger of creating food aggressive horses by incorrectly marking behaviors and just not applying things correctly. And while more experienced hands might be able to do it, not everyone has the same resources. And I think this is something that we really need to consider when we are talking training methods is the amount of resources in horse world and what is realistic because a lot of people that ride and love horses and want to learn more and are listening to your stuff a lot of those people are riding lesson horses or taking lessons from people and one thing that we need to consider is that most lesson barns aren't entirely positive and I wouldn't say most lesson barns only use punishers and negative reinforcement, but I would argue that's one of the most commonly used methods in the horse world is punishment and negative reinforcement. And then the scale at which people use it depends on the person. Some people are a lot more harsh and they just keep pressuring and pressuring the horse to the point where it becomes punishment and then releasing and then technically they still call it negative reinforcement but it gets very loud and it tends to stress horses out more you have people like that but then you also have people who combine negative reinforcement for example teaching your horse to move over off of pressure where you lightly apply pressure and if your horse yields to your hand at all even if it's just slightly moving off of it without moving their feet then you reward them And then it's mixing the methods, but it's not something where you're just getting louder and louder until your horse responds. Um, But the traditional methods are called traditional because they're so ingrained in the horse world to the point where it's hard for people to find the resources to do more of the newer methods that are getting more and more research, like positive reinforcement. Um, There's less resources and also like not everyone knows how to critically think and research enough to get actually accurate and safe information and this is part of the problem with like horse abuse stuff and a lot of the stuff that has become widely accepted in the horse world is that people don't know how to critically think and look up accurate information so they're liable to find whatever most closely aligns with their personal views and their trainers views and follow that rather than actually buying into study and stuff and if you couple the lack of critical thinking with the fact that a lot of people who are passionate about their training methods will speak abusively to the other side and say that they're terrible people and that their horses are unhappy and stressed all the time if you use any aspect of this method that extreme nature makes them even less likely to want to look at any sources offered so even if you do all of the background work for them and you get them accredited sources to read up on about horse training and equine behavior if you talk to them abusively all the time and make them feel shitty and make them feel like if they subscribe to this other school of thought to any extent that they're not worthy as an equestrian they're less likely to want to see your side of it and look into that type of research and I don't know I think the best comparison for this type of thinking is that I worked with the SPCA quite a bit and I'm friends with a few of the officers and I've also worked with other horse rescues and I've talked to a lot of the people that work severe neglect and abuse cases and they'll go and see horrible, horrible things like stuff that you can't even imagine. Horses that have like their hoof bones protruding through the sole in immense pain, emaciated, 
getting abused and mistreated and they'll have to go there and talk respectfully to the people that have them because going in there and saying all the mean things that you probably want to say does not help the horse out of that situation at all it makes you less likely to have the person um give the horse to you because if they decide to fight you on it there's a lot more legal cases that you have to go through but a lot of people once you like say like look like we're gonna pursue this and we're gonna like charge you with animal cruelty and the animals will be seized a lot of people will forfeit their ownership of the animal and it makes things easier and it gets the animal out of there quicker so it makes no sense for these officers to be abusive and harsh and how they treat the people and they have to bite their tongues and try to do things in like a very tactful manner to try to kind of quiet the lion the lion being the person they're trying to get the horse away from and try to create the best difference for the horse and I think that in training people need to consider that so if you personally believe in only using positive reinforcement all the power to you but when you're giving that information to other people you need to be careful how you word it so that you're not guilt tripping people if they use any aspect of negative reinforcement or not saying if you've ever used punishment you're a terrible person and shouldn't have animals those types of things because you're trying to change the mind of people who are already using those methods if you're trying to better the lives of the horse you're not trying to appeal to people like you you're trying to appeal to the other side so what use is it to say things that only appeal to people like you and aren't going to start to make them change their minds and get the wheels turning and get them to start questioning stuff. If you're only appealing to people who already think like you, you're not helping any of the horses you need it. You're just appealing to those who will gas up your opinions and be like, you're awesome. I totally agree. But they're not the ones who need help. They're not the ones whose horses need assistance. They're not typically the ones who have super stressed horses, or if they do, they're generally more open to looking into that stress and addressing it in a different way than the side that you need to appeal to does. So yeah, I think the one thing that people need to consider is when they're discussing training, if you're looking to change the minds of anyone, you need to appeal to the side whose minds need changing. And being cruel to them and making them feel really guilty isn't the way to do that and obviously like I know some of the stuff that I've said would definitely make people feel guilty but the different there's a huge difference between sharing information and being like look here is a study that found this here's a study on turnout that concluded horses and stalls are way more stressed here are numerous studies stating such you're just sharing information then and if people choose to reject the information that you offer if you're offering it in a non-aggressive manner that's up to them and honestly i'd say even people that completely condemn what you're saying and don't want to open the studies there's going to be a fair amount of those types of people who will initially reject it but then will later go to look into it because they're curious and there's a part of them that knows that something's not quite right and then they'll look further into it so if you offer the information you've laid it out there you've laid it out there in a non-aggressive accusatory way you're not saying hey you have to be just like me and subscribe 100 to this purest point of view or you're bad you're saying look here's information from credible sources that you can read take it or leave it and then you kind of start to pique people's interest if they're willing to read into it and obviously they're really ignorant types that flat out refuse to look at anything that questions their belief systems you're not as likely to get through to those people anyways but if you change the minds of enough of the malleable types of minds you're if there's enough people that subscribe to a certain way of thinking and start to sway away from the more unfair methods and just like scientifically inaccurate 
parts of horse training that we've developed and started to just continue to carry on as tradition because everyone else does it and people assume that means it's correct if you start to change those minds of people and get them thinking more progressively and get them critically thinking looking into studies looking into more about equine behavior and what to look for and just further educating themselves so they're able to critically assess situations on their own those types of people will pressure the bad types of ignorant people that don't want to learn and they'll help change those people because if enough people change even if you can't change the minds of the ignorant people in terms of making them go oh shit i'm being unfair to my horse i could do better peer pressure is enough to change them so if the mindset of the horse world starts to shift as a whole to something more progressive and kinder to the horses and we start to demand better management practices better training practices less rushing less laziness less use of immense force less blaming the horse less less anthropomorphizing and less blaming the horse for everything and saying their behaviors are bad because this this and this and they need to be punished if we start swaying away from that mindset the people who think that way are going to be pressured by everyone else to change and they're not going to be able to comfortably exist in the horse world anymore so a lot of the most abusive people that you hate they're not going to be able to exist comfortably anymore and it's been happening slowly because i remember like I've been on horse social media for longer than I should have because I was an annoying piece of shit when I was 16. But anyways, I remember back then the amount of people that would support trainers like Clinton Anderson who have, like, honestly, like, I could fucking make a dictionary of how many times that man has flipped horses over in training on video, and that's just what he's chosen to put in his episodes. So that's something to consider, is if someone has that much footage of horses getting so stressed that they flip themselves over, fall down like go into learned helplessness and like tonic immobility laying like when he lays them down they're just laying there panting stressed the amount of videos that someone like that has in their episodes you you know there's more footage behind the scenes that they've chosen not to put out there because it's too rough but anyways like i was saying when i was 16 which was eight years ago this man had way more support than he does now He's disabled the comments on a lot of his videos because he's gotten so much backlash now because people are getting more aware and they're starting to question the stuff that he does more because the scientific information regarding learned helplessness and tonic immobility is more accessible. People are learning more about equine behavior cues and seeing the stress in types of horses like trained by people like him and they're seeing how absurd it is for one trainer to have so many horses blowing up and bronking and having all these things happen to them on video and then starting to question hey if these are what they choose to put in the episodes what has he cut from the episodes because as someone who has a youtube video when i'm riding i'm out there for several hours each day the several hours of footage cannot make it into one single video so there's a lot of more boring types of footage that is cut but for someone like him where he's intentionally trying to incite these big reactions you know there's bigger reactions that never make it to print so People are starting to question that, and it did not used to be that way. He did not used to get the same amount of pressure that he does now, and obviously I would say he's on the more extreme end of things in terms of punishment and traditional training, but what I'm trying to say is that people are starting to become more aware. They're learning more about equine behavior, and they're starting to question things more, which has made it less comfortable for that man to exist in the public eye. It's put way more pressure on him. He's getting way more scrutiny, and it's going to force him to change his ways either by not posting publicly anymore even if he continues to do the exact same things in private if he stops posting the same amounts of footage of horses immensely stressed potentially hurting themselves from what he's 
forcing them to do and what he's the point of stress he's getting them to if he stops publishing those types of reactions because of the negative backlash then it's not showing so many young impressionable horse people that do not know how to think critically yet it's not showing them that it's okay because every time someone sees a big name trainer doing shit like that or if they're seeing videos even from amateur riders and junior riders or lesser known trainers of horses being like hit and wailed on and abused and pushed to the point of immense stress if those videos aren't so normalized or if they are getting published and they're getting immense amounts of backlash even people who think it's okay they have to go scrolling through the comments and reading all of the bad comments about how shitty it is and sometimes people even going into detail on why it's bad and listing sources they have to see that Um, And it makes it less likely that people are just going to be able to blindly continue following the same thing because as hard as it may be for people on the purely positive side to acknowledge, there are a lot of people that have done horrible things to their horses and engaged in entirely unfair training methods and stressed their horses to the point of immense stress that is completely unfair and not a good like aspect of training there's people like that that are just totally ignorant and all it takes is for that conversation to be something that they see or hear and then they start to question things and they adjust their methods and how do I know this I used to be one of those people the types of shit that my trainers taught me when I was young are completely ridiculous and as a young person being left alone with my trainer sometimes because my mom would be working I'd get dropped off at the barn and I'd be completely at the mercy of my trainer and this was back during a time where the internet was not what it is now we had a computer room we did not have smartphones um there was not as easily accessible libraries full of studies you couldn't just go online and type in hey what is learned helplessness in horses and get like a million hits on it you couldn't do that and also like I said I was a child so even if I could there's less of a likelihood that like even kids nowadays if they're young they aren't usually left alone on the internet to the same extent as an old and older person is and they also lack the ability to critical think simply due to their lack of mental maturity so Anyways, like I was saying, I could not look these things up with the same amount of ease. You'd have to go into libraries and try to find books on it. And in order to find books, you have to know to look for them in the first place, which you don't know if all of your role models are telling you something that's completely different. You're not going to go looking. So I grew up being essentially indoctrinated into a certain method. And we were at pretty big barns. I was at show barns full of people doing the exact same things. And if you're in groups of people all condoning something and having it seem okay, it feels normal. And if you go to shows full of even more people all doing the same things, it feels normal. And you don't question it because everyone else is doing it. This is what you've learned. Everyone around you has confirmed that it's okay and consistently shown you that it's okay. And you don't question it because it's all normalized and you see it all the time and this is even without going on social media and seeing my views constantly reaffirmed by other people doing the same types of thing which you could do because when you're showing in a certain industry you'll be following people in the same industry when you're online but like I said social media did not exist back then I didn't have the same amount of accessibility and all of the friends I made through riding were in the exact same industry as I was under similar trainers so there was no one to stop me and be like hey like have you considered this have you considered what you're doing to your horse here do you know why you're doing this has your has your trainer explained the why behind it no I blindly believed everything my trainer told me because they were more experienced than me I was the child I was the less experienced one 
and everyone else around me respected them and believed what they said and all the other trainers that they liked and respected also did the same types of things and I'm gonna go into detail on some of the stuff that I was taught because it's honestly ridiculous and this is also like another thing to keep in mind is that my memories of what went back like when, what went on back then they're going to be catered to my mindset at the time so there's a lot of behaviors from the horses and a lot of practices that I probably can't even remember because they didn't raise red flags at that time so it wouldn't necessarily even be tucked away in my memory in the same way like I don't remember how girthy the horses were when we were doing them up I don't remember if they were trying to bite me when I was young I don't remember if they were had lots of stall vices when I was walking by like way back then I don't remember all the specifics but what I do remember is that when the horses would bloat to do their girths up my trainer taught me to knee them in the stomach while I was doing the girth up so they'd let the air out and I could get the girth done up faster and she told me it didn't hurt them and that it was fine so I believed her and I had no one to contradict those viewpoints like I said because everyone else in the barn all all of them either turned a blind eye to something because they never said anything or they were okay with it so stuff like that and then there was also another time at a horse show with my personal horse where my trainer said that he was being too heavy in my little arms because I was eight years old um and he was very green very green this is something very important this horse is like six maybe seven years old and he was green green as grass and anyways he's being heavy in my arms since I was eight and I wasn't very strong and my trainer decided the way to fix this was not by training the horse but by putting him in a stall with a Kimberwick bit on and tying his face to his girth and leaving him in there for like an hour. And he was not happy. Like by the time she untied him, his neck was like convulsing. And the reason why I remember this so clearly is because it definitely made me uncomfortable at the time. But the problem is when you're young and you're less experienced, and even for my mom who was also there and saw this, you're the client who is presumed to be the less experienced person and if no one else in this situation thinks it's a problem you're basically the whistleblower who is going to be told that you're overreacting or that you don't know what you're talking about or that it's fine so that feeling of discomfort just makes you end up feeling stupid if you say anything because everyone kind of gangs up on you and is like no this is fine you're being dumb they're horses they're very strong they can handle it he's bad he knows he's bad and he needs to do this that type of thing and that's where people get brainwashed because if you do blow the whistle if you have no one else there to back you up and no no information to show you that you're actually right in your thoughts you end up feeling stupid because you're the client and you're there to learn from this person and you have no other means to confirm that you're right in your discomfort and it means that you either have to kind of push the discomfort away and keep going or you start to just never you start to never question it and you start to get these kind of angry aggressive mindsets that you're taught by the trainer and once they are there it's really hard to kind of change those types of views and to get better because it's so ingrained in your habits so like for, for example like from like that was when I was showing Arabians So in the Arabian circuit, like having the horses stalled all the time was very common. Um, And the only thing I remember with regards to stall vices is we did have this one horse in the barn named Elliot and he always weaved and my trainer told me he was dancing. So we thought it was cute and fun and that he was just playing around, but it was a stress vice. And like I said, like 
how am I even supposed to look that up and know what it is? Because you'd have to know what you're looking for. I didn't know it was called weaving. What am I supposed to look up? I didn't know what vices even were. How am I supposed to read up on them or find books on it and stuff? And a lot of the professional equine behavior texts that have the best information would not be readable for an eight-year-old kid. And again, you also have to know where to fucking look for them in order to read them because the internet wasn't in existence and I couldn't just look up horse dancing funny install and get hits saying, hey, this is weaving. It's a stress behavior, you idiot. I couldn't do that. So I was at the mercy of my trainer and honestly, like she let me down. She let all of her horses down and she let me down as a student because she taught me incredibly wrong things that caused me to be unfair to my horses. And the sad thing is that like, it's not like these people hate their horses or that they're actually trying to cause them harm they too grew up in probably the same type of situation I did with people constantly telling them what they were doing is okay and that there's no problem never having it questioned and as they go into adulthood these same things are consistently reaffirmed and at that point once you've been doing something for decades there's a certain amount of cognitive dissonance that prevents you from wanting to look up the truth and wanting to read further into things and wanting to consider conflicting views points because it would have to mean that you'd have to be guilty and come to terms with the fact that you've been causing harm to your horses and emotional stress for years and that you're the reason why they have all these stall vices why they bite you when you girth them and all these things it would require you to admit how much you fucked up and let your horses down which a lot of people don't want to admit and I don't know like for me I'm happy to admit it because like I'm trying to learn and better myself and there's literally no point in training horses at all if you're just gonna be a dick to them um because like if you just want to be a dick to people then like I don't know become like a dominatrix or something not a horse trainer but um yeah like there's no point in training horses if you're not trying to better their lives in some way rather than just their owner's lives and even people that might be aware that what they're doing is wrong the other part of training that people have to consider is that there's a certain level of client pressure too because for every client that you have that might be a whistleblower or might be progressive enough to consider new ways of thinking or actually look into the why behind their horse's behavior rather than just saying they're being bad we need to discipline them for every person like that there's tons of clients that either don't care or they're ignorant and don't want to know and they're in denial and you can tell them all you want like hey look your saddle doesn't fit your horse is in pain that's why they're doing this and they'll be like well like fix it and it's like well I just told you your saddle doesn't fit get a new saddle like no fix it it's like I just fucking told you get a new saddle that's how you fix their behavior but no they'll want someone else to fix it the easy way without replacing the equipment which means hitting their horse for the behaviors and muscling them into certain frames and whatnot and forcing them just to work through what they've been trying to communicate as discomfort and that's the hard thing as a trainer is if you want to make it as a trainer to some extent people feel pressured to just go along with it and not be the whistleblower as a trainer because unfortunately there's so many common pain and stress related behaviors in training that people see all the time with like upper level riders in the show ring and like really big name decorated trainers they see it all the time and they'll be like no well this person said this like I don't believe you I'm gonna get someone who can fix it if you can't you're just making excuses especially if what you're telling them to do requires them to spend money it can be hard to work alongside clients in a manner that is beneficial to them and the horse without having the client lose faith in you as a trainer Um, because not everyone's willing to be as open-minded so with trainers there's certain concessions you have to make 
um, if you want to continue trying to benefit horses. And it sucks because sometimes you have to slowly pressure your clients to a certain way to get the end goal that you want. Um, like for example, with a client that I have whose saddle doesn't fit, I just showed up with a saddle and tried it on their horse and said, Hey, it fits, buy it. Um, it's cheap and that works, but like you have to like, I, and I'd been bringing up the saddle multiple times for months before that. And I'd even been riding the horse bareback, um, because the saddle was pinching it. And it took a while to uh, make that change, but it happened and I did everything in my power that I could do to make the horse more comfortable, um, like by riding bareback. But again, like that's not something everyone can do because I can ride bareback comfortably on a horse's back because I spent 20 years fine tuning my seat in order to do so, but greener riders can't. And if you can't afford a better fitting saddle at that point, you can't just tell someone who's green to buy a new saddle. So as a trainer, you kind of have to slowly take like little inches towards the mile that you're looking to conquer and slowly build it up if you want to make a difference in the horse's lives. And this doesn't mean you have to be corrupt and completely sell your soul. Like if I had a client who is like, hey, I'm not going to turn my horse out and he's crazy. So you just have to, I don't know, just get mad at him when he's bad. Um, I'm not going to sell my soul to stuff like that. I worked for someone who did not turn their horses out and I almost had a mental breakdown and like literally like I lost my fucking marbles and was freaking out because uh, like they had prepaid me and I like I couldn't keep doing it and like I lost my mind and I just went completely off on a tangent losing my shit for an entire day and then I just quit because I was like I can't do this this is not something they're gonna change because they literally spent probably a million dollars building a fancy looking barn completely dedicated to keeping their horses inside 24 7 they're not going to fucking change anything if you put that amount of money into isolating your horses nothing i say matters and the kicker was this person knew me when i was growing up so nothing i say matters because even though i'm training their horses i'm still the kid that they watched grow up and learn to ride so nothing i say matters and when you're younger than the person also they try to make that make you they try to use that to make you less credible because people often view age as wisdom which in a lot of cases it can be but also in the horse world age can mean that you lack progressive views and that you're not looking into new ways of thinking because you grew up during a time where these views weren't as accessible and where like I said before you're indoctrinated by the people you learn from because your learning is entirely dependent on who you're around you can't use other outlets to try to learn these things um so yeah, like in that case, I just had to quit because there is no getting through to people. But like I said, a lot of horse people who are doing technically wrong by their horses, they genuinely mean well and they love their horses. So you got to try to make the difference in a way that they're going to be the most receptive to. And that's one of the things I've had to learn as a horse trainer is like, yeah, there's a perfect ideal way for horses to be handled and cared for. But at the same time, we're living in a modernized world and we also have people who do not have the same like hindsight as people who've been in the industry for years and have made lots of mistakes and read lots and learned from them. They don't have the same training toolbox as us and they also don't necessarily have the same resources. So you have to tackle cases on an individual basis and give people the resources that they can use at that time and try to appeal the most to what will help the person and their horse best at that time and oftentimes you cannot do that by taking an extremely hard line stance with someone when you're trying to teach them and 
like I said, there's certain things in trading that are just completely unacceptable that I think need to be called out very harshly. And like, like I said about in my, I made another podcast before on TikTok and how much animal abuse they let be posted on there and how like normalized it is on TikTok. Stuff like that needs to be called out pretty bluntly because there's been instances where people are like doing the most atrocious shit to their animals. And there's a time and place to be nice and I don't think you necessarily need to be nice to people that literally abuse their animals for content on TikTok and a lot of people do that to their horses on TikTok and calling it out is warranted in those cases because you might help change the mind of someone in the comments that might follow suit otherwise and do the same thing but when you're talking to people who love their horses and want to do right by them but are vastly misled by their idols letting them down years and years years for years and years and years um you have to try to be more clever in how you put out the information and this is why like on my accounts like people who follow me might notice that like I'll post a lot about equine welfare on my accounts, but typically speaking, unless it's a post that invites it or such blatant abuse or misinformation, I never go on other people's accounts and comment. Like someone, there's a lot of influencers that I see stalling their horses 24 seven. And to be frank, I fucking hate it. And I think it's abhorrent, but I'm not going to go on their accounts and say it. I'm going to post about turnout on my accounts and hope that somehow it gets back to people like that and that they might be more receptive to hearing that information if I put it on my account and it doesn't feel like it's a direct attack at them. But with that said, if someone's paying for my services, I might be more blunt in saying like, hey, your horse's behavior is doing this because of their lack of turnout. And then if they don't make any changes to that and they're not receptive, then as a trainer, it's my job to look at the situation critically and be like, do I think they're receptive enough to make the changes that need to be made or am I wasting my time? And I've been trying to look at horse people online in that same instance and there's a lot of people who use super traditional methods that I don't necessarily agree agree with and I think as a general rule the horse world uses punishment way too much and the excessive use of punishment is reinforcing for the people doing it because they're frustrated and they get to take it out on their horses which is creating an even larger problem because it makes their emotions positive when they're punishing their horse And it makes them feel better. And I say this from experience because I used to be one of those people who would opt for punishment basically any time my horse did something that would be construed as wrong because that's what I was taught to do. And as someone who's now been diagnosed with ADHD, there is that lack of patience too. And it's easy to get frustrated quickly. And it would cause me to drill my horses on things and get angry and angrier. And then it would cause their behaviors to get worse and worse and worse. And then it would give me more to punish and get mad about. And all I was doing was creating a bigger problem for myself in the long run that would take ages to untrain in the future. And I didn't realize it at the time and I honestly was never doing it to hurt or scare my horse but it was just the way it was because that's what I was taught to do and it was so normalized that I never questioned it for a long time and as someone who already lacks patience because of a disorder it's not a good thing to have getting taking your anger out on a flight animal be reinforcing and 
it is for a lot of people because like I said when your horse is bad you get frustrated you get to take it out on them you think you've done something you think you've shown them what's up and you think they've learned when really they haven't because the problem with punishment is that it doesn't give them any information other than hey this what you're doing is bad it doesn't say hey what you're doing is bad but you need to do this instead you're just saying no don't do that and if the behavior is something stemming from discomfort or pain all you're saying is no you can't do that and you're telling them don't communicate with me ever I don't want to know if you're in pain fuck you that's what you're saying and um like I said there is a time and place for punishment but I think it largely needs to be reserved for emergencies and it shouldn't be something that people commonly use in their training toolbox and like I said if you grow up using it it's a hard habit to break and like that level of frustration my trainers instilled in me for years and years is something I'm still working on as a trainer and with other people's horses it's very easy to get not get frustrated because you're invested in it in terms of bettering someone else's horse but when it's your own horse who's training you're very personally invested in it's even harder not to get frustrated and that's where like I sometimes just have to take a walk or take a break from riding if my horses are frustrating me and look at it differently because when you pull yourself out of the situation that you're frustrated in you're often more able to think critically after the fact and um then you can solve it better with a clearer mind later on in life and it often makes the horse learn quicker actually because honestly a lot of my biggest problems in training that I've had with my horses have been because I got impatient or greedy and I tried to move them along too fast or I would try to drill them too much because I would get frustrated and a lot of those problems were entirely my fault and I prolonged the training because of how I chose to deal with it. Sorry, my mom was driving. She's going to visit my uh, my nephew. Um, that's where we were driving and I was doing the podcast in the car with her. So anyways, that's the thing about frustration is it's reinforcing. Punishment is reinforcing for the person, but it doesn't give the animals enough information. And like I said, like there's always exceptions to the rule, which is why I don't think the extreme stance of like positive only, never any negative reinforcement, never any punishment, I don't necessarily think that's the best take because there are definitely exceptions like where you might need to protect yourself and do something in the moment. But punishment, I think the best way to put it is punishment shouldn't be used as a training method from the standpoint of trying to teach the horse something. Teaching should be about showing the horse the correct thing to do and showing them what the right thing to do is and what behavior you want them to have. Punishment should be something that you use as a last resort when you need to stop a situation immediately and you just need to stop the behavior for your own safety. That's when it should be used. It shouldn't be used on a regular basis because if you do it on a regular basis, all you're doing is silencing the horse's means of communication. And then they're not going to be able to tell you when they're hurting or it'll cause stress because they'll be trying to communicate with you, but they'll be afraid to and it shuts them down. And then the problem with that is horses who are heavily punished Um, for an extended period of time what you'll notice is they're generally the ones that don't do anything don't do anything they seem really calm because they're shut down they're in learned helplessness don't do anything don't do anything and then bam huge explosion massive explosion freaking out dangerous 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 and they hurt people I've had a few of these horses in training and it's brutal Um, very dangerous I hate working with them because they're tend to be very dull and hard to get through to because they've been mishandled so much but 
they don't really give the same signs that other more communicative horses do when they're really stressed. They're a lot more subtle, easier for people to miss, especially if they're not professional trainers and don't have as much behavior knowledge. And this makes them ticking time bombs. They're super dangerous. These are the types of horses that end up going to kill pens or getting euthanized for their behaviors. But the thing is, their behaviors are our fault for how we've handled them. There's very few horses, I think, that actually have a screw loose. Most of us loosen the screw because of how we train them. And that's that's the problem with punishment is it's easy to fuck it up and it's easy to create a neurotic and scared horse who is afraid to communicate with you and who is afraid to give an opinion on anything. And in training, there needs to be an opinion. You need the horse to communicate with you if you want to train them well. And so I think that punishment in terms of training behaviors doesn't generally have a place because generally speaking, there's a lot better ways to teach a horse, hey, don't do that, do this instead. Because you can just you can redirect the behavior to something else and you can do it positively and give the horse a positive association with you rather than a negative one while still allowing them the ability to communicate. So I suppose in short, what I'm trying to say is that generally speaking, I think that a lot of us, even people on the other side of things, like the people who are positive and then the people who are less positive in their training, I think a lot of us do have the same goals in terms of benefiting the well-being of our horses. However, it just always isn't articulated the way it needs to be. Um, I think most people are well-intentioned and generally speaking, what we really need to change in order to start making a massive change to the horse world is how we view punishment in training and start to alter that. And I do also think that a lot of barns, especially lesson barns with horses who are going to have a lot of different riders and a lot of different experience levels on them, they do need to start employing more positive methods to make it better for the horse. And they also need to stop punishing communicative behaviors like horses biting when the girth is being done up. Because in those cases, all the horse is saying is ouch this hurts something needs to change and then people are silencing that and and punishing the behavior rather than dealing with the cause of the behavior and this results in a whole lot of other bad behaviors that are ignored in other aspects of horse care and riding so that's one of the biggest changes that needs to happen in order to see a real change in the horse world and honestly right now it's not realistic for everyone to switch to purely positive methods maybe in a perfect world one day when we've completely altered how horses are kept for it and cared for on a mass scale and how lesson barns train their kids then it might be more realistic for people to start to employ more and more of that but at this time I just don't think there's the resources for people to do it and it's a very idealistic mindset in my opinion even though people's hearts are in the right place it's just not something that I think can happen with the state of the horse world right now because there's a lot that needs to change the abuse of horses is publicized and normalized a lot more than I see in other animals and until that changes I don't think the mindsets are going to be malleable enough to encourage the amount of positive reinforcement some people want to see So I suppose at the end of the day, like what I'm trying to say here is that the horse world is super anti-change and there's a lot of stuff that's ingrained in our culture so much, especially from the standpoint of teaching it to new riders, that it's going to be hard to get change happening as quickly as it would need to, to progress at the rate that some people want it to with how they are pressuring people and the like their expectations is really what I'm trying to say um the amount of like 
in order to stop people from being ignorant and to have them be more receptive to a lot of the information that's being put out there, especially the more extremist stances for said information, they need to be educated to a point where they have critical thinking skills, where they question their trainers and where they're comfortable knowing where to look for information and kind of taking a stance for themselves. And that type of attitude is largely discouraged by trainers. Like from my experience and just from like the students that I've had or the horses I've trained and people that I've worked with, a lot of trainers, first of all, do not want their students training under any other trainers. And they also don't necessarily teach people the why behind the things that they train them. And as a general rule, equine behavior really isn't taught. It, there's a very cursory knowledge of it. And to be frank, most horse owners and handlers that I've personally met, and like this, this doesn't mean I'm saying that this applies to you, but I would say that there is a huge majority of horse people in the horse world that have a massive lack of understanding of equine behavior where they will either miss behavior signals or they'll misinterpret them. And also, I would say as a general rule, most horse people, even horse owners, they're not necessarily equipped to know how to handle and manage a horse from everything related to nutrition, to behavioral stuff and training. They're not necessarily equipped to do that completely on their own without assistance, which means unfortunately people are largely reliant on trainers that may not necessarily do right by them or the horses. So the entire mindset needs to shift so that the barns that are teaching up and coming riders have more of an emphasis on recognizing equine behavior and what it means. But the fact of the matter is that unfortunately for a lot of these barns, it's kind of not in their best interest to teach it because a lot of these lesson horses show undesirable behaviors and there's a lot of stress behaviors that you see in traditional types of barns and anywhere where horses are stalled a lot or ridden by inexperienced riders and ill-fitting saddles you're going to see a lot of behaviors that the trainers don't want to draw bad attention to they're not going to want to tell their students oh she tries to bite you when you do up the girth because she has ulcers or because her back hurts they're not going to want to say that because it reflects poorly on them and it'll make their students lose faith in their trainers which means the behavior is going to be taught as something different if the person asks they're going to apply it to something different rather than what's actually causing them to exhibit that behavior which confounds people's knowledge of equine behavior and if they never know where to fact check that anytime someone contradicts that they're going to not want to believe a stranger telling them that what they've been taught this whole time is wrong so we need to nip it in the bud at the root to get long-term change and a lot of this will mean that people who don't have perfectly aligned views they're going to need to work together for example the purest positive reinforcement people should be opening lesson barns where they'll instill the values they want to see in people but also they should support the people that use mixed methods like positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement but don't rely on punishment to the same extent that the lots of the other parts of the horse world do they should be supportive and kind to those types of people because at the end of the day like they all need each other the positive purists will not get the traction that they need to create massive change without having the support of people who are using mixed methods and by telling people who use mixed methods that they're in the wrong or that they're inherently worse to their horses because of how they train they're just alienating people and making them not want to work together with them and same with like people who mix methods or who use negative reinforcement if you're completely closed off to any aspect of positive reinforcement despite the fact that there's so much research showing how 
powerful of a training tool it is, then you're not doing your part to incite change in the horse world positively. And any the more we normalize harsh methods and like just going at horses and being really demanding and making them do what we want to do rather than actually reading the behaviors behind it and finding the most appropriate way to handle that, the slower we are to change. We all need to work together and lots of us have views that align closer than we think. And people pointing out that something isn't ideal or that from a scientific standpoint is not necessarily good for the animal, it's not an attack on you. People saying, hey, horses as a general rule don't get enough turnout. We're not saying you're a shitty rider in person if your horse doesn't have the perfect ideal for turnout. We are just saying that it needs to be something that's more common knowledge and that people address. And you can absolutely acknowledge where you can do better by your horse or where you're doing your best with what you have. And it's not meaning that your horse needs to go to someone else or that you don't deserve to have them or that you're abusing them. It just means that we all need to acknowledge where we sway from what is naturally correct for horses and how we can manage that without causing too much stress to the horses and while making their lives as positive as possible and that's it at the end of the day like I have made it pretty clear that I don't like a lot of training gadgets and a lot of bidding choices and how quickly people are to bid up because at its core I would say the entire idea of bidding up for harsher bits is kind of a punishment a punishment based method especially once you get to the super harsh ones because the reason why these things work is because they use pain as something to condition the horse out of leaning on the bit or other less desirable behaviors so that's part of a mindset that needs to change and my criticizing of the training gadgets and harsh bits doesn't mean I necessarily think you're an abuser if you use these methods sometimes and I do recognize that people can use them in less harmful ways but they're so widely misused and with the current attitude of the horse world it's hard to imagine them being used correctly and kindly on a massive scale when they just simply are not and when the mindset of the horse world contradicts the use the correct use of them and that's why I say that I'm against these things it doesn't mean that I think you're a horrible abuser or that your horse is in pain by default if you use them it just means that in using them you're contributing to a mindset that is toxic in the horse community and does cause a lot of horses pain stress and other problems even if your horse is not one of them even if your horse is an exception there's lots that are not and that's what people need to recognize is it's not an attack to just provide people with information and sharing scientific sources and sharing equine behavioral sources and all the studies that we've had done recently that should be something that's welcomed rather than condemned in the horse community and I find more than ever because I've become more and more vocal the more equine behavior classes I've taken and the more educated I've become on horses from a scientific standpoint it's made it so that I simply cannot condone certain things like stalling horses 24 7 and so on and so forth it's made me change what I'm saying, what have my views, and become louder about certain things. And it's pissed people off. People will try to make fun of me. They'll call me stupid. They'll call me uneducated. They'll call me a hippie, a tree hugger, a Pirelli nut, a natural horsemanship junkie, someone who has poor behaved horses that they just let walk all over them, someone who isn't a real trainer. They'll call me an internet trainer, despite the fact that my business was started 
entirely separate from the internet. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is they'll use insults as a means to try to get people to shut up, which shows them, first of all, I think it shows guilt, but it also shows a lack of security because if you have a real argument, come at me with some fucking information instead of trying to insult me as a person and think that my self-esteem is really that low that I'm going to let someone on the internet discredit my boom in business that I started myself. You know, like, it, it's it's gross that people try to silence dialogue and discussion that needs to happen by making fun and trying to make people insecure about themselves. And it does work on enough people because there's enough people who are insecure in themselves. And even for me, like, with my ADHD and mental disorders, I definitely have imposter syndrome. And it makes it hard to actually, like, be proud of myself and be aware of my accomplishments and the fact that I've earned them and deserve them. It makes it difficult to do that. But at the same time, I have enough supporters in my day-to-day life and I can look objectively at what I have done training-wise and what I've done with my horses and I can be proud of that. And I have enough supporters that help me out when I am feeling down or when people are being really difficult that it's easier for me to move past that. But a lot of people can't. And a lot of the bullying that people do does work in getting people to shut up because even if they know in their heart of hearts they're correct, sometimes it's just too mentally toxic and damaging to put yourself through that. And it's really troubling that as a community, we allow this toxic behavior to be engaged on such a wide scale and that it's such a common trend to have people personally viciously attacking someone with stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with what they've brought up because discussion should just be discussion at the topic at hand you could think someone's a shitty rider but if they produce a study and are like hey what do you think about this you shouldn't be like fuck you you're a bad rider without producing your side of the equation all you're doing is looking for a way out without actually having to stand up for your side and prove why you think you're right and it's lazy it's lazy as fuck and i hate it and it's really actually quite nasty and mean and toxic bullying is condoned on a massive scale towards each other in the horse world as well as towards the horses and i think if we start having a more positive attitude towards the horses the attitudes towards people will change by default because they have to like you don't get away with but if you're comfortable bullying an animal all the time and being super aggressive it's bound to cross over into your relations with people and all of these things are stuff that needs to change and that we can become more aware of and we can do better by our horses and by each other and we can actually have meaningful dialogue and it needs to happen. And this is what I'm trying to do with my podcasts and the posts I make. It's not to attack people or try to be like, hey, I'm better than you. You're wrong. I'm right. No, it's me acknowledging the fact that I've made the very same mistakes that I talk about in these podcasts and in my posts. And a lot of the things I'm saying about turnout and warning people about training and certain behaviors and how many like problems with horses are covered up and labeled as wrong things. It's me speaking from experience of making those mistakes and seeing how much of a difference it makes as you start to change them. And like I said, I'm continually educating myself to try to get better and more knowledgeable with like the current modern science that we have and the most available information that we have. I'm taking an advanced equine behavior course to brush up on it because it's been a couple of years since I took my last one and I want to learn more and I want newer information and the assistance of people more experienced than myself to teach me that and when I'm talking about the information that I learned from things like this it's not to try to be like I'm better than you you're a bad rider and trainer no it's to share information with people who may not have the same level of access to it or just don't know where to start it's not a flex of how much better I am than someone and I think that's the same for a lot of people but 
given the vitriol in the horse world, it does get hard for people to stay civil and kind all the time, myself included, because I can get assholey when people are constantly berating me and insulting my intelligence and my riding and stuff that I take like very seriously and have some pride about it get it gets frustrating when you're constantly just being mistreated like that and it's hard to always have like this positive outlook and to try to assume that some people genuinely might be ignorant when there's a lot who are ignorant but they're also rude and they attack you and they do not want to learn they reject the information and they'll try to be like oh we agree to disagree but no they're rejecting information and attacking you instead of actually providing any relevant credible information on their side it can be hard to assume the best in people outside of that but we need to and we just need to be careful how we word things especially in generalized posts like by all means if someone's being a total asshole to you I don't think you need to be mother Teresa back to them because some people are just a-holes honestly like I've gotten into it with cowboys online way too many times and like for those of you who don't know I would say that in terms of posting like videos of people beating up horses it does seem to be a trend on like the cowboy side of things and this isn't to say all cowboys are like this but they seem to do it more than what I've seen with English people personally. This might just be where I am because I do know English people do the exact same shit, but they tend to be sneakier about it. But anyways, I've gotten into it with cowboys a lot. And honestly, the comments that I generally get back um, when I say something that upsets them, a lot of them are very misogynistic, sometimes racist. Someone made a racist comment to me about the fact that I'm half black and like, all of it has nothing to do with the argument and it's just mean and then it makes me kind of hardened towards other people and it is hard to see the best in people but we do need to try to have a more realistic approach in terms of the change we want to see we can't just be like this is where I want to end up and I expect everyone to be there right now we can be like no we should move towards this but it's a journey it's not something that we're just gonna teleport to immediately it's a journey and we need to reward people for moving towards it instead of trying to punish everywhere that they're not doing perfectly yet if they're trying to learn and they're trying to grow and they are making an effort to educate themselves and do better by their horses they're doing a hell of a lot better than a lot of people are because they're actually open to learning and instead of punishing them for not being perfect yet we need to support them in their goals of learning and not be like hey sorry you're not 100 percent purist positive reinforcement you suck or on the flip side, like people who do not like the purest positive reinforcement people and are kind of anti-positive reinforcement, instead of trying to discredit what they're telling you, maybe look a little further into the studies and see how valid they are with numerous different types of species of animals and also humans because they've done human trials and a lot of the results are the same. So there's not really a reason to think that they have no legitimacy, even if they're more extreme than what they probably should be in terms of the information they put out and the expectations that they have um, there is enough science there to show that these methods are relevant and there's literally no reason for anyone to intelligently try to say that they do not work because the science does not show that whatsoever um, and it's just a deflection tactic for people to fail to recognize the fact that these people have a point even if they're going about it in a far too extreme manner um, so anyways, that is my podcast for today. I'm going to go get lunch at White Spot. I just cut a ton of my hair off at the hair salon, so I'll probably post a photo of that at some point. But I really wanted to get this off my chest because online is hard. It's really hard in writing without any tone to say things in a way that will not offend people, especially about touchy subjects around horses and like their stress levels and 
generalized mistreatment of them that has become normalized in the community it's hard to touch on those topics without offending anyone because most horse people do not want to hurt their horses they don't want to cause them stress or harm but at the same time i would say there is an aspect of selfishness in the horse world that we are all guilty of with having animals it's not just horses it's all animals there's an aspect of selfishness when we want to use them for a specific purpose or when we have specific goals or plans or things that we want to do because you want to get to where you want to get to, but you don't necessarily always want to slow it down by recognizing how the horse feels about it or how you can make it better for the horse. And I think that's where people struggle is they love the sport, but they also love their horses. But unfortunately, some people do love the sport more and they're more okay with having the horse be in an unfair situation to do the sport than they would be to adjust it so the horse is happier doing the sport for them. And that's something that really needs to change. And Anyways, I'll go further into that at some other point. If anyone has any questions related to this podcast, like feel free to send them in or send any topic ideas. I'm super open to things and like answering people's questions or doing like other shared podcasts like I did with Jill with other people. If you have anyone that you would like me to invite on the podcast, whether they agree with me or not, I am open to it. I am happy to do like debate style talk podcasts with people that I have differing opinions with but I what I will say about that is there are certain types of people that I do not want to give a platform to because I think that a lot of people would want to use my platforms as a means to get traction on theirs and it's not always well intentioned but I am open to debate I debate with people all the time online and I respond to things and oh shit I dropped my phone sorry and I try to answer lots of questions and kind of just be open to that but yeah let me know on what I can touch on on the podcast and if there's anything in specific that you want talked about in the next one because it is nice to have some structure and suggestions otherwise I kind of just ramble and for whatever reason people still watch them so thank you for that and I really appreciate you all listening and yeah thank you for listening and supporting my podcast I super appreciate it